Hey, my name's Jeremy, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Shelter Cove. And I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in with us today. I firmly believe you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be inspired, but most of all, that God's going to do something through this message that's going to move you closer to Jesus. Thanks again for tuning in. For the moms who raised us up, gave us hope, and made us strong. For the young moms who became moms sooner than expected and gave it all they had. For the single moms who had to figure out how to do this on their own. For those who never got called mom, but who cared for us all like a mom would. For the hurting moms who've loved and lost but never given up. For the praying moms who don't always know what to do, but always know who to talk to. For the working moms, the stay-home moms, the cooking moms, and the takeout moms. For taking care of us when you barely had enough time to take care of yourself. For teaching us how to walk and how to make a difference. For the late night snuggles and the early morning pancakes. For sitting with us after our first breakup. For lifting us up when others put us down. For the rides, the meals, the laundry, and the birthday parties. For the years, tears, laughter, and love. It's not enough, but we want to say thank you. Thank you for doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. We love you. We honor you. We remember you. We thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Pastor Jeremy here at Shelter Cove. So glad that you're tuning in with us today. And I wanna encourage you to interact with us, engage with us, make some comments, whatever platform you're watching. I wanna hear from where you're at, the city, what you're doing today, what are you having for dinner or breakfast or snack, whatever it is. We wanna hear from you. Again, so thankful to have you joining us today on this special Mother's Day weekend. In fact, I wanna say happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are out there. Again, great tuning in with you today and having you be a part of our service. This is a great weekend for so many of us as our moms have been instrumental in our lives. I mean, they've encouraged us, they've taken care of us, they've motivated us. So for us, this is a great day. And yet for some of us, boy, this is just a really difficult day. For some of us, we've lost our mom in the last year. For some of us, we don't have a good relationship with our mom. For some of us, we've always wanted to be a mom and that yet has not happened. And so today, wherever you're at, I firmly believe that God's going to use his word to encourage your spirit. Today, we're looking at the pursuit of the ideal. And it's so important that we understand what the ideal is. It's not based upon the woman that we see in culture or our neighbor or Pinterest or maybe even how we were raised. No, the ideal always goes back to the word of God. So Proverbs chapter 31 is where we're gonna to be today. If you have your Bible, meet me in Proverbs chapter 31. Great passage of scripture of what the ideal woman is like. And this is a crazy passage of scripture because really it was written to a man. Uh, Lemuel, we don't know exactly who he was, uh, but in Proverbs chapter 31 verse uh, 1, it says that a mom is basically giving this advice to a king, giving this advice to a young man that says, hey, this is what you need to look for in the ideal woman, in the ideal wife, in the ideal mother. 
And so this is an encouragement for men to be supportive of a wife that is pursuing this, but also it's a great passage for women to model their lives after this woman that we see in Proverbs chapter 31. Now this is an acrostic. It's 22 verses, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Now the author did it this way so that it was easy to memorize, not just in our heads, but also to hide these words in our hearts. So Proverbs chapter 31, uh, going through these 22 verses, the last 22 of the chapter, and we're not gonna hit them all today, but we're gonna look at some specific themes. And I wanna start with what I believe is the anchor verse, verse 10. This is what it says in Proverbs 31, 10. An excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. God, we pray that today would be a day that you motivate us, that you encourage us, that you inspire us to be the women that you've called us to be, to be the men that encourages the women in our lives to chase after Jesus. So God, use your word today in ways that only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. I want to say happy Mother's Day to my mom specifically. And I want to invite you to, in the comments, tag your mom. Tell your mom that you love her, that you appreciate her. My mom is Jolene. Mom, I absolutely love you. My mother-in-law is Donna. Donna, I love you as well. You're just a great, great mother-in-law. And my wife, Kelly, you're a great, great mom to our kids. And today what we're looking at is we're looking at this pursuit of the ideal. What does it look like? What does it mean to, to be a godly woman? And I love this because in these 22 verses in Proverbs chapter 31, it's all about the heart. Because when we get our hearts right, our actions will always follow our heart. And what I don't want you to do is I don't want you ladies to see this as a laundry list of tasks to, to complete or accomplish. You already have enough laundry to do at home, right? You don't need more laundry in a list. But what I want you to do is be encouraged by the heart that God wants you to chase after as you seek to be a woman that ultimately has the heart of God. And so today what we're looking at is we're looking at the heart of the ideal woman. And I love this because it doesn't talk anything about her physical appearance. It doesn't say anything about how long her hair is, how long her eyelashes are, how much makeup she wears, how tall she is. It doesn't say anything about her figure. It ultimately goes about to her heart. And so four things that I want you to see today when it comes to being a woman that ultimately has a heart that's chasing after God, the heart of the ideal woman. First thing I want you to see is this, that she knows her value. She knows her value. Verse 10 puts it this way. It says, the excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. She, she understands and she knows that she is so valuable. Why? Well, Genesis chapter 1 says that, that we are created in the image of God. I think about Psalm 139, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, a godly woman knows that all that she is, it's because of God. It's not based upon anything she does or what she's done or what she's accomplished. No, our value is anchored in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ proved how valuable we ultimately are. Why? What did he do? He, 
He went to the cross. He was willing to give his life for ours. See, our sin separates us from God. And so what did Jesus do? He took our sin upon himself so that we could be right with God. God said you're valuable. But then he went to the cross and he ultimately proved that we are valuable in his eyes. So a woman of God, first of all, understands and she knows her value. And when we know our value, man, it's a, it's a game changer. This is a rare individual, uh, uh, an excellent wife who can find a rare. But, but guys, the scripture says the same thing about us. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6 says, A faithful husband who can find. And I think about our word this year. Our word this year is shine. One of the greatest ways that we can shine is to be a faithful husband, to be an excellent wife. Why? Because they're ultimately rare. But ladies, don't miss this. When we understand our value in the eyes of God, it leads to two things. And these aren't in your notes, but I want to encourage you to write them down. Number one, it leads to strength. We are strong when we understand that the source of our strength is found in God. And this is what it says. It says, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. That's in verse 17. What does that mean? That means she's no stranger to the gym, right? Sun's out, guns out, right? No, not really. It means that her source of strength is God. Her husband isn't the source. Her job isn't the source. Her abilities isn't the source of her strength. They're all resources. But ultimately, her strength is found in God himself because of the way that God knit and wired a woman. He goes on and he puts it this way in verse 25. And dignity and strength are clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She is so confident and so strong in who she is. She doesn't fear the future. She's not worried about the future. Why? Because she understands that she's valuable, at least to great strength. But second of all, you can write this down in your notes. It leads to great security. Like a, a woman that understands that she is valuable in the eyes of God. She's not threatened by other women. She's not comparing herself to other women. No, she is super secure in who she is. Why? Because in verse 30, it says ultimately that this is a woman that fears the Lord. She, she respects the Lord. She's in awe of the Lord. She wants to live for the Lord. And see, here's what happens when we're not secure because we don't understand our value. We find ourselves comparing ourselves to all kinds of different other women. We're like, if I only I could raise my kids like them, if I only I could look like her. And anytime we start comparing, we will find ourselves in competition. Don't miss that. And yet that's not the heart of God. What is the, the heart of God? He wants you to be confident. He wants you to be uh, sure in who you are, to be the best version of yourself. Why? Because confident women compliment women. I want to say that one more time. When you are confident in who you are, you will find yourself complimenting other women. Hey, I, I noticed the way that you raise your kids. Hey, I noticed the way you love your husband. Hey, I noticed the way you do this. Why? It all goes back to understanding the value in our identity and who we are in Christ. That's the first thing we need to understand is, is the value you are and the value you have as a woman. And some of you have never been told that. Some of you have never been told you are so precious and valuable in the eyes of God. That's the first thing that we see from this passage. The second thing that we see is, is, is a woman that's chasing after God with the right heart. As we see that she's demonstrating godly character. We see this in the next two verses, verses 11 and 12. 
It says this, the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of his life. And we see that word again. We see that word trust. We talked about it last week. Trust is essential for every healthy relationship. And what does it say about this woman? It says that her husband trusts her in every single area of life. So married women, I have to ask you a question. Does your husband trust you? Or maybe a better question would be, should your husband trust you? Because this is the Proverbs 31 woman. She's living in such a way where she has nothing to hide, no secrets. Her husband can go off and do his job well because he trusts his wife in every area of life. What does that mean? He trusts her relationships. Trust that she doesn't have a, a fling on the side. Trust her in the, the finances. Trust in the way that she's raising and discipling the kids. Trust in the way that she's managing the house. Now, sometimes trust is broken. I just want to pause just for a moment and remind you about the, the power of grace and forgiveness. Because anytime trust is broken, it's like a bank account that's been emptied. And you need to be intentional about putting deposits back in that bank account. And I think there's something very practical we need to do anytime trust is broken. We need to identify what happened, but more importantly, why. So if you're, you're a wife and you find yourself being deceitful and putting money on the side so that you can go shopping or spend money on whatever, the what is the money, the why is, is maybe dealing with the issue that you're not just content right now where you're at. Or maybe you've got a fling on the side and you're saying, okay, the issue is the fling, but what's the why? The, the why is that you haven't pursued an emotional connection with your husband. But I'm a firm believer that even when trust is broken, God can do great things and restore our trust in someone else. But what does a woman do? It, it demonstrates godly character. It goes on and it says she opens her hand to the poor and she reaches her hand to the needy. What does that mean? It means she's got a heart for all people. She's got a heart for those that, that are in need. Keeps on going in verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She, she speaks wisdom. She speaks kindness. She's thinking wisely. And I love this because this is a woman of great character. Again, it says nothing about her physical appearance. Now, please don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with looking good as a woman, exercising, doing everything you can, as long as your identity is not in exercise in the way you look, but your identity is in the Lord. The most important thing is living a life of character that ultimately honors God. Now, single ladies, just let me talk to you just for a moment. What you are pursuing is what you will ultimately attract in a man. I want to say that one more time. What you are pursuing is what you will ultimately attract in a man. In other words, if you're chasing after money, you will attract a man that wants money as well. If you are chasing after just your career, you're going to attract a man that is career oriented. If you are chasing after Jesus, you are going to attract a man that's chasing after Jesus as well. A pastor put it this way one time. He said, the kind of bait you use is indicative of the fish that you will catch. I think that's really well spoken. Whatever bait you use as a woman is indicative of the fish that you're going to catch. The second characteristic we see in a woman that's chasing after God is, is that she demonstrates godly character. Now, thirdly in your notes, it's a powerful one. Write this down. She lives for God. 
She lives for God. Her motivation for everything that she is and everything that she does is God. And when she lives for God, she's living also for her husband. She's living for her kids. She's living for others. And after all of these different items she does when it comes to work, and we're going to look at those in just a moment. It says in verse 22, it says, She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. I love that after doing all the tasks of the day, then she takes care of herself. Then she addresses her own needs. And it does say that she dresses in purple. What was purple? It was elegance. What was it? It was linen, not just linen, it was fine linen. So she's making clothes. She's making elegant clothes. Why? Because she wants to present herself as beautiful to her husband. And that's just a powerful thing to think right now with the quarantine. A lot of uh, you ladies are probably thinking right now, the closest I'm getting is to wearing purple sweatpants. But one of the things that she has is a heart to be an encouragement, to be a blessing to her husband. Why? Because she's living for God. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on and it says in verse 23, her husband is known at the gates and when he sits among the elders of the land. And I love this because what the author is saying is that people know her husband. They respect her husband. Her husband's successful. Why? She's doing everything behind the scenes to set him up for success. She's managing the house. She's supervising the kids. He's successful. He's admired. See, back during the biblical times when this was written, there was a porch in the city, and that's where the elders would meet, and they would uh, make decisions. They would handle disputes. And, and her husband did this in such a way where he was highly respected. Again, why? Because of his wife. Like I think about my own life just for a moment. And I think about all that I get to do as a pastor in ministry and the involvement I get to have in our church. And it's, it's really because of my wife, Kelly. She is such a blessing behind the scenes in a way that allows me to do so much for the Lord. And this is what it says early in Proverbs Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4 says, A wife of noble character is her husband's crown. I mean, she's living for the Lord. And we see in verses 27, 28, and 29, it says, She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. And if we think about that, Boy, it's, it's, just, it's just hard to be a godly wife. It's hard to be a godly mom. It's hard to be a godly woman. And what I've done is I've invited a, a professional to come up here and just encourage you guys today. Uh, it's my lovely wife, Kelly. Kelly, come on up here. Thank you so much for, for being here and doing this. And one of the things I appreciate about you, I appreciate so much about you is it's just you're so real and so authentic and people appreciate that about you. But but speak to us and share uh, just with our family, like, why is it so challenging to be a woman, a wife, a mom? It is a challenge. And uh, I'm sure many of you moms have um, just had a real challenging time during this quarantine. For me, I uh, love lists and I love to check off the boxes and get everything done. And I've noticed that with these lists, I can get everything done, but I'll come to the end of it and realize I didn't spend any quality time with my kids. Mm. And then the mom guilt um, comes on full force and 
you know, then I'll take a few minutes and get on Facebook and I'll see uh, all the other moms making crafts with their kids and homemade cookies and building forts. And, uh, you know, at that point, then I just feel completely guilty. And um, a lot of times I'll grab that list and add on, spend quality time with the kids. And, and the crazy thing is you get done with that list and the next day it starts all over again. Mm -hmm. It's a never ending task, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is a never ending task. And it's exhausting. Yes. Yes. Yep. It's exhausting. So what, what word of encouragement would you give to, to moms right now that are exhausted, discouraged? You mentioned that at times you feel guilty. Like how do you move forward and just try to be the mom that God wants you to be? Well, I think an apology goes a long way. Mm. And a lot you looked of times, at me when you said yeah. that, you noticed that? <laughs> a lot of times I find myself just apologizing to the kids uh. or to my husband. And, um, and I do want to be the best wife I can be. And I look at the Proverbs 31 woman and uh, I could maybe pick one of those areas and do it really, really well. But to hit all of those, it's just, it's overwhelming at times. And um, I think we, we need to understand that in the big picture, um, what will our kids remember? They probably won't remember that every day you didn't do um, a special craft or mm. a nature walk or uh, whatever else, but they will remember uh, feeling loved and unconditional love from their mother. They will remember feeling protected and safe and knowing that their mother would be there for them no matter what. Um, and mm, that's good. I just, I, I really think if we really look at the big picture, um, that's what's important and getting caught up in all the little things and feeling the mom guilt and, um, uh, just all of that can be depressing at times, but um, you know, God, he, he loves us unconditionally and he doesn't give us a check for everything we do wrong. Praise the Lord for that one. And uh, I think it's just important to remember that as a mom, that um, we just do the best we can. And each day is a new day. We wake up and Praise God. if you're me, you make mm. that list again, but you add on what you got wrong the day before and you just, um, try to get it right that day by God's grace. You brought up a great point. I think one of the powerful realities for moms is every single day walking in the grace that's new every day. We're not going to be perfect, but what we do want to make is progress. And one of the things I appreciate about you is you just try to be you. You are the best version of Kelly. You want to be the best version of Kelly. And that would be my encouragement for you as well. God's created you, knit you in a special way. Don't try to be a false imitation of somebody else. Be the best God version of you and try to infuse the fact into your kids that you just want them to live for God. Why? Because as a mom, that's point number three is we just want to live for God. So, hey, love you. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for being up here speaking. You did a great job. Point three is a woman lives for God. The fourth principle that we see in this passage is that a woman whose heart is pursuing Jesus Christ is somebody that's consistently working hard, consistently 
working hard. Now guys, uh, when Kelly goes out of the house and she's gone for a, a weekend, even one night, there's, there's just this bare minimum goal and that's simply survival, right? I just wanna survive, I wanna live, I want my kids to live, I want there to be the same number of kids in the house when Kelly comes back than when she left, even if it's like a neighbor kid and one of our kids is missing, that's fine, just want the same neighbor. Here's something crazy about women. They're multitaskers. Right? Uh, like I, my goal is survival. I'll get home at times and Kelly's like feeding a kid. She's on the phone. Uh, she's cooking dinner. She's like cleaning the floor with a foot. Like ladies are multitaskers and God's blessed them in such an amazing ways. Women, you are just absolutely awesome. But what we see in this proverb is that there is this continual work ethic that's ultimately motivated by God. And it says so much in this passage. It says she perceives uh, that her merchandise is profitable in verse 18. Her lamp does not go out at night. Uh, I love that in verse 13 it says she seeks wool and flax and she works with willing hands and she uh, is like the ships of the merchants. She goes and brings food from afar. And then it says she rises while it is yet night. And so here's somebody that's a, a morning person and a night person, right? She's burning the candle at both ends. In fact, I'd love to hear, right? Do a little owl emoji if you're a night owl and like a little sun if you're a morning person. But, but if you're thinking you have to be both, you're, you're missing the point. The point here is that she's doing everything she can to be the best for God, to be the best for her husband, to be the best for her kids. And husbands, let me just speak into you just for a moment. I think one of the greatest things that God has taught me over the years is that we have an awesome opportunity to do everything we can to encourage and support our wives to be this Proverbs 31 woman. And now this is what it means for me. And I'm still growing. I'm not there yet. I've got a lot of issues. I'm walking in God's grace. But I've realized for Kelly to live this out and make progress I've got to be her biggest cheerleader. I've got to be her biggest fan. So she's not a night owl and a morning person. Not too many people. I'm a night owl. I'm not a morning person. I don't even believe in God till like 9 a.m., all right? But, but she uh, likes to go to bed at night. And so what she likes is she likes to go to the bedroom, shut the door. She's like, don't talk to me. Don't touch me. I want a little bit of quiet time. And so you know what I get to do? I get to tuck our kids in. I put Jake to bed first, then Hallie, then Drew. And there is so much joy that God's giving me in just allowing Kelly to have some peace, have some quiet, have some rest. Why? She needs that so that ultimately she can live this out. Ultimately, she can be the woman that God wants her to be. But there's so much about this consistent desire to work hard, this consistent work ethic in this Proverbs 31 woman. Again, this isn't a laundry list of things to do. This is a heart that ultimately says, I just want to be the woman that you've called me to be. And whether you're 12 years old, you're 30 years old, you're 80 years old, all of us have the opportunity today to pursue the ideal woman. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we have to know our value. Second of all, we have to demonstrate consistent character. Thirdly, what we have to do is we have to be somebody that is living for God. And then lastly, what do we do? We have to consistently work hard consistently lay down our life. Why? Because Jesus Christ did that for us. Now, where does it start? It starts with understanding 
that our identity is in Jesus Christ. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, that's where it starts, where you know that you're forgiven, you know that you're valued, you know that your eternity is secure, you know that the rest of your life is the best of your life. See, you know that God loved you enough that he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins. In response to that, what do we do? We live for him. In just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus Christ if you've never made that decision. But for all the ladies, my greatest encouragement for you is walk in God's grace. Forget about the past, focus on the future, and aspire to be this woman. Desire to be this woman. And for all the men, when it comes to your daughters, when it comes to your wife, Love them and inspire them to be this kind of a Proverbs 31 woman. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much for who you are, for what you've done. Thank you for the opportunity again to turn to your word, to walk in your grace as we seek to have the rest of our life be the best of our life. Now with all heads bowed, nobody looking around, you're, you're maybe in your car right now, you're maybe in your living room, you're by yourself with your, with your family, but if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to do that today. You can do that through a simple prayer. A prayer that says something like this, Dear Jesus, today in the best way that I know how, I receive your forgiveness and I give my life to you, surrender it to you, and I give you total control of my life. Thank you so much for making me new. And I thank you that the rest of my life will be the best of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey guys, thank you so much again for joining us today. If you made a decision to trust Jesus as your personal Savior for the first time, I just want to encourage you to hop onto our website, sheltercovelive.com. I said yes. We'd love to hear from you, or you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're at, and we would love to follow up with you with a personal phone call this week.